Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Doom and Bloom podcast, where we take the challenges that inevitably exist all around us and use them to turn into fuel and fertilizer that really help us to ultimately grow and bloom in our lives. So my name is Casey Kingry. I'm so happy to be with you all. Um, thank you for joining me on this episode about hitting rock bottom. Did you know that you don't actually have to? So this is a topic that's really near and dear to my heart for a lot of different reasons. Um, mostly like when I hear the phrase rock bottom, I think of my own alcohol story. Um, hitting rock bottom is a very common phrase for people who have ever struggled with addiction. Um, and there's the theory that you kind of have to hit rock bottom before you're willing to make changes for yourself. So um, I'm going to kind of discuss what rock bottom means from a, an addictive perspective and also from a coaching mindset perspective. Um, and so this will just kind of be an organic conversation and um, I'll, you'll hear more about my past and my journey and how I got here. Um, and then I'd also like to talk a little bit about the brain and how we're wired and how this concept of needing to hit rock bottom before we feel compelled to make positive changes or choices um, for ourselves, how it's it's really something that, that would serve us to kind of look under the hood and examine how we do this in our own lives and, and how it keeps us stuck and how it doesn't serve us and how there's a different way of, of, of making change for yourself that doesn't require you to hit rock bottom. And, you know, hitting rock bottom isn't a bad thing. Um, sometimes it's necessary. It doesn't have to mean anything. But what I really want to speak to is this sort of um, mechanism in our brain that delays anything good until we've experienced more bad. All right. So come with me on this journey. Like I said, we're going to be kind of intersecting different um, addiction themes with coaching themes. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about how, how our society tends to operate in extremes and how we don't give a lot of credit or value or understanding to the nuance in between those extremes. And, you know, I've, I've spoken about this theme. I've done another podcast about it. It's sort of our human tendency to want to use negative conditions or negative motion to fuel us or propel us towards positive results. And, and how that, that usually works, but what that, that means is that then in order to compel ourselves to do something good, we, we have to, to feel something bad first. Things have to go wrong before they can ultimately go right. And so I just wanna come to you here today and raise my hand and just say, what if we didn't do that? You know, what if we could bypass that whole thing and what would that mean for us and what would transformation look like in that way? And, and how would we need to understand ourselves and advocate for ourselves in order to, to bypass like the wreckage of a, a, a rock bottom on, on our way to the top? All right. So I also want to give a little bit of a caveat that in this podcast, you're going to hear probably a lot of my thoughts, beliefs, and feelings around alcohol. And I just want to tell you that it might sound, it might be hard for you. It might be scary for you um, to hear me talk like this. And um, rather than censor myself, I'm just going to tell you that that's okay. That, that there's room for all of this. And, you know, one of the reasons that I, in, that I personally don't subscribe to Alcoholics Anonymous is, is, 
there, there's a laundry list. But one of the themes that I really want to say right now is that in AA, there's this token phrase where they say, take what works and leave the rest. And I think that that's a great way to live life of like, take the things that fit for you and don't get hung up on the things that don't. Because I, I see in coaching that people are like, if the whole thing doesn't fit, they'll discard it. And then they miss out on the one thing that could have helped them. So I see why we do that. But, and when we take, when we discard what doesn't fit with our existing paradigm and we're trying to change our existing paradigm, if we automatically just discard what doesn't fit for us, then we could potentially be missing something that, like that, like in that thing that you've discarded, it might possess the key that you seek. But if you automatically discard it without looking at it first, you're never going to get to know that. So I like the practice of taking what works and leaving the rest, but not before you examine why am I leaving this? Why doesn't it fit? What is it inside of me? Like what would need to change inside of me for this to actually fit? And in if, if I could adapt to that, would that actually be part of my healing? Um, so in that vein, like I ask you to yes, take what works and leave the rest. But before you do that, examine why you're doing so. And, and notice if perhaps this thing that I'm saying that doesn't fit with your current worldview, that if it did fit with your current worldview, if you didn't discard it, what would be possible for you? Or what would that ask of you? And if that makes you uncomfortable, instead of just saying, oh, that's uncomfortable, that's not for me, that resistance that you experience, that could hold the key to your healing. I always tell my clients, I, they come to me and they have resistance to this or, or resistance to that. And, and they think it's bad. They, they don't want to show it to me. They're like, oh, this, this isn't good. And I'm like, no, no, no. Give me, give me your resistance. Show, we want your resistance to show itself earlier rather than later. Because the sooner your resistance reveals itself to you, then you know what needs to be healed or attended to or worked with in order for you to get to where you want to be. All right, so that resistance is a beautiful thing because it shows you what wants to be tended to, all right? So all of that to say is as you hear my thoughts and beliefs about alcohol, like if, if you can stay open and just, um, you know, hopefully not be super judgmental or whatever comes up for you um, or just witness your own judgment, again, I, I just want to kind of put a caveat out there that that you don't have to believe everything that I believe about alcohol to get something from this is I think what I'm trying to say. So let's go ahead and move on. So I was talking to my marketing manager earlier this week and we were talking about signing clients and, you know, typically the model of, of, being in business and providing a service to people is you have to, this is old school kind of way of being in my opinion, but that you have to like talk to their pain points, right? And you have to like see, like help people see where they're in pain and how you can help them to solve that pain. All right. And what that means is that you have to really focus on the pain. And one of like one of the things that came up in my in my conversation with my marketing manager is that you know it's like until people are in enough pain they're probably not going to do anything about it and i've just been sleeping on that all week and i've been thinking to myself like what if we didn't have to wait until we were in so much pain 
to, to ask for support in our lives? What if we didn't have to wait for the pain to become so overwhelming to reach out and see a therapist or to reach out and invest in a relationship with a coach? Like, what if we didn't actually have to wait for our pain to overwhelm and destabilize us and fall into a pit of despair and create a huge problem and burn our whole lives down before we were ready to actually make some different choices or changes for ourselves, right? And so that sounds really logical to me in my cerebral mind, in the brain that lives in my skull. But, but, and I agree with myself that it is logical, but there's a reason that people aren't doing that. And so that's what I'm here to do today is to examine what that cycle is, the thing that lives under the surface that pre- prevents us from reaching out for what's best of us just because we want to just because we love and value ourselves so much that we believe that we're worthy of support and help and assistance, right? Like there's a different way to do this simply because you're just so in love with life and you realize that life is finite, that it's limited, that it's that we don't get to live forever. And so it, com- it compels us to live the way that we want to live today because tomorrow isn't guaranteed. And you know that you can tap into this worthiness of like, you know, I get one experience of being alive. What do I really want it to be like? You know, I have a lot of thoughts and beliefs. Like I was in a yoga class at, at, at the cave, my studio earlier and Greta, our fearless leader and owner was theming about wounds and the wounded healer and how a lot of times in life, like wounds don't, get healed. And sometimes things don't heal and you don't always get what you want. And um, what was I going to say about that? Um, I forgot exactly where I was going with that, but um, like being able to like hold your pain in a way that um, doesn't destabilize you and doesn't uh, Uh, ruin you, um, but letting your pain become a part of you, right? And so, um, again, I kind of forgot where I was going with that. So let's just get back on track here. Um, So in terms of the marketing example, again, like, what if we didn't have to wait to crash and burn before we just chose to love ourselves, before we chose to just realize, like, that this one precious life is, is, is flitting by while we're wrapped up in our shit? Right. And so the sooner I can get unwrapped from that, the sooner I get to live a life of freedom and peace and 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 forward motion. So somewhere along the line, we became conditioned that that until I get all the way to the bottom, um, there there's nothing like I can't get to the top without going all the way to the bottom. And the only way I can find the strength and the energy to go forward is if things get so bad that I can't bear it anymore, that then my system will be compelled to create a different type of change. So our minds and our bodies have been conditioned in this cycle. Like it could be worse or other people have it better than or worse than I do, et cetera, et cetera. And these things that we tell ourselves. Um, And so our bodies and minds have been trained to say, well, like, it's not that bad. I'm not that bad. And that's probably true. It could be worse. But just because it could be worse, why does that prevent us from being compelled to make things better? So I discussed in my in my podcast about using negative emotion to fuel a positive result. And we get in trouble because when we do that, when we 
when we need procrastination to get backed into a corner in order to inspire our own creativity. You know, when we have to like become so dissatisfied with the way that we look or feel in our bodies or the way that our clothes fit in order to compel ourselves to move more or to change the the foods that we're putting into our bodies, like we become trained, we become trained and conditioned to need to access these darker parts inside of us that we don't want, these qualities inside of ourselves that we don't want in order to get the energy or the motivation or the inspiration to fuel ourselves towards what we do want. All right. Again, and what that requires then is that you're going to, that, that requires for your life in the long term that something bad is going to happen in order to generate what you're going to need to then create something good in response to that. And just notice that cycle then that something bad, a rock bottom will have to happen to compel your mountaintop moment. And just get a vision of that cycle for yourself of how much energy and time and confidence even that you could potentially lose in entering into that cycle where you have to feel so badly about yourself and that you have to like perceive yourself as wrong or making mistakes or powerless in order to compel yourself to be great. Okay, so the the recipe, if we do it that way, if we require a rock bottom, it always means that something bad will have to happen in order for you to create something good. And it's just so much harder to do life that way, right? Again, what if we could just skip that whole cycle? You know, and 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 then, you know, not only do you lose all this energy, but then you start from a deficit, right? Usually rock bottom means that you have, like the wheels have to come off and you have to burn it down and you lose relationships or you make big mistakes or you get a DUI and you have to go to court and you got to pay money and you got to get a new car and you got to get a breathalyzer system installed in that sucker, you know? And it's like so much more expensive and so much, uh, requires so much more diligence and there's so many more parts. And now the law is involved, you know? And it's like, gosh, if, if you could just see that coming and, and, and see it coming down the pike and say, oh, no, wait, I love myself too much to let this happen. I am worthy of so much more in this life. I'm actually going to call on my grown adult wisdom in this moment and say, listen, I don't have to go all the way to the bottom to get to the top. And I'm going to resist and repattern this urge to utilize bad things happening to create something good. And I'm going to conserve and reserve my energy and rather just start where I am and start moving forward to creating the thing that I love. So for me in my life, I started drinking when I was in junior high school. I'm, you know, I went to high school in the 90s. I kind of feel like that's just how life was that back then. Um, and I was also raised just in an environment where there was alcohol. Um, alcohol was just part of my life growing up in every vicinity. And it just seemed like it was just part of the deal. Um, and so I started drinking at a very young age. It makes a lot of sense to me. And I continued that pattern. I got a DWAI when I was 18, a senior in high school. And I lost my license for a short amount of time. And that was a slap on the wrist um, in my whole journey. And of course, it didn't change much for me in the moment. And then I continued on and on and on and kept drinking for multiple decades until um, I got a DUI. And I got a DUI in 2009. This time it's a full-blown full blown DUI. Hospital, 
toe, towing, impound, rehab, the whole shebang. And, um, and it was rough. It was one of the lowest moments of my life, lost my job, the whole, the whole thing. And, um, really had to rebuild my life with the help of my family a hundred percent and still ended up going back to drinking a couple of years later and then spent another decade in the whole cycle. And so, um, you know, I was wrapped up in this for a good 20 years of my adult life and even more years of my adolescent life. And, um, almost five years ago, I, I found myself in the same ish place where the drinking was amplifying, where I was doing a lot of good work in my life, but the drinking was very, very clearly preventing me from getting to the next layer in my life. And I remember having this conversation of like, Hey, Casey, you can either dream and reach for your goals and, and stop drinking, or you can keep drinking and just let all of those go. But you can't do both because the tension of knowing that I was called and made for so much more, but then still continuing to drink literally felt like it was killing me. And so what ultimately ended up happening is that I, I had this awareness of like, this isn't tenable for that much longer. And what happened is that I had too much to drink one night and I had a big falling out with someone in my life who was super duper important, arguably the most important person in my life at that time. And I've never spoken to him since. He completely cut me out of his life and we have never spoken since. And it was one of the most painful things that I have ever gone through. And I felt so abandoned and I knew it was my fault. And this person, he was my coach. And so he was my support person and I'm feeling myself getting emotional. And so I lost my support person, the person who I really needed to help me through this, through this rupture that I had created. And so this is why I'm sharing this with you is because this wasn't a rock bottom like the DUI or the rehab or the losing my job or the losing my car in high school or anything like that for me. Like I, it, it, it wasn't a rock bottom in, in that way at all. And, and, but it was an emotional, almost rock bottom for me because this person was very, very dear to me. And for some reason I had enough presence and enough wherewithal as all of this was going down where I, I, I was looking at what happened and I said to myself, like, this is almost as bad as it gets. But th th this relationship is so important to me and I've lost it now. But really the only other relationships that are more important to me are like my relationship with my brothers or my relationship with my parents. And I could see very clearly that that they were next in line, that that I had burned this down. And the next thing that I would that would be available for me to burn down would be to get another DUI or even which would land me in jail or even worse, like the ultimate worst case scenario is that I would get in an accident and actually hurt someone or worse, or I was going to act out while drinking and burn these bridges of these relationships that I was not prepared to lose at the time. And so in that moment, I was able to call on some sort of strength inside of myself where I said, Hey, Casey, if you don't quit drinking right now, I'm not sure you're ever going to be able to. And if you don't stop, I, I shudder to think of what the next thing is going to look like. Like I fear 
that the next mistake you're going to make or the next rock bottom or the next person you're going to lose is going to be something that you won't be able to recover from, that you won't be able to come back from. And so I was able to tell myself in that moment that this, this is not your rock bottom. And I would, and, and please, please don't, don't keep going. Don't let yourself hit it. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't. And I found resources that completely changed my life. And I flipped the switch and I flipped the switch on alcohol in my life. And it was a miracle. And it's still a miracle. And I can't believe that I did it. But I didn't have to burn it all to the ground in order to make it happen. I was able to use the wisdom of what life was teaching me in that exact moment. And I let it fuel me forward. And now I never have to go back. I am fully confident that alcohol is just off the table for me. It is part of my identity now to be a non-drinker. I am never tempted. I never have cravings. I'm never triggered to drink. It's gone. I did my work. I am healed from that part. And now I get to move forward and I get to use that. All of that bandwidth that I used to get wrapped up in, in cleaning my life, cleaning up my life or having apology conversations with people I love about things that I couldn't even remember, you know, or being worried about money and seeing how many bottles of wine I had charged my credit card. Like all of that is gone. All of that is gone. I spend zero time worrying. I spend zero time in shame. I spend zero time um, trying to moderate. I, I truly have healed and am able to move forward from that. Whew. That was kind of intense for me to share. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for receiving that. Um, so I hope you can see in my life, you know, that as a person who has experienced many heartbreaking rock bottoms, what it was like for me to see the writing on the wall and to say, no, I don't have to go all the way to the bottom of the pit in order to get to the mountain, right? I can just start walking. I can just start hiking right here, right now. And that's what I did. So what are the ingredients for you to do that for yourself? Some of the elements that I felt like I needed in order to not hit rock bottom and rather just start where I was and begin moving forward is this sort of concept or practice of radical honesty, of just really accepting myself and seeing myself for who I am and just being really real about that. Like no spoken mirrors, no excuses, just full responsibility and honesty. In yoga, we call that concept vidya, V-I-Y-D-A. And most of us are in a vidya. In Sanskrit, whenever you put an A on the beginning of the word, it negates the meaning. And avidya is one of our kleshas, which is the, the ways in which we add to our own suffering. And so one of the ways that we increase our own suffering as humans is not seeing ourselves or life as it is. And alcoholism or addiction is a big part of that, is that sometimes reality is unbearable. And so people turn to substances in order to medicate that. That's what I did. All right. So part of, you know, getting out of that cycle and addiction and also part of avoiding your own rock bottom, whether that has to do with alcohol or drugs or something else, is really seeing yourself clearly 
and being honest about where you are right now, being honest about your life and just letting go of all of those defensive, you know, postures or victim mentality. Like I didn't learn how to drink in a vacuum, right? Like I was taught how to do that. I saw it in my life. I saw it on TV. I saw it, you know, it's so funny. This is so random, but one of the biggest movies of my generation growing up was um, that Cindy Mancini movie. What was it called? Can't buy me love. And it's like every, their parents go out of town and everybody just throws keggers and ragers. So it's like, even in the, the movies, like, that's what I thought. That's what I thought kids did. And so that's what I did. Anyway, I digress. So part of that is like not placing blame on my parents or on, you know, my family or on, you know, society or the media or, you know, my friends or whatever. It's just seeing like, this is what happened. This is where I'm at. This is what I do. This is what this looks like. And just letting, like letting your body diffuse all of the resistance that you have to that. And just saying like, this is where we're at. Now what? So radical honesty and acceptance and just meeting life where it is can be the first step to um, skipping over the rock bottom, bypassing that whole cycle. Um, Another part that I want to mention is that uh, this is a big coaching theme is that, you know, in human behavior, we can either, we can be motivated in different ways. And the two categories that I'd like to bring into light are that we can either be toward motivated or away motivated. And away motivated is the psychology of the rock bottom. It's like, we're trying to avoid something bad happening, right? Or I'm trying to avoid feeling a certain way, or I'm trying to avoid this, right? So if we can flip that and actually tap in to toward motivation, and, and, and instead of like, you know, letting it get so bad that then I'll finally be, you know, inspired to act. It's like, can I, can I be so excited about what I'm moving toward? Can I get so all in on my own future and my own life and my own worthiness and my own growth and my own healing and my own gifts? And can I get so excited about what that will mean for me that then I can, I can use that energy to pull me forward instead of staying in this energy that holds me back and waiting until I get so far back to catapult myself forward, right? So in, in coaching, it's just, it's so much easier. It's so much more fun. It's so much more compelling. It's so much easier to maintain. It's so much easier to integrate. It's so much easier to build on when we are toward motivated than when we are away motivated. And away motivation is the energy of rock bottom cycle. Um, The third part that I want to kind of um, open up right now, and then there's more, a little more after this. But one thing that I want to lay out for you today is this, uh, this piece that I learned about manifestation from this woman named Perry Chase. And I know that we're not really talking about manifestation specifically right now, but manifestation is simply like getting a vision of the life that you want and then creating it with your, with your visions, with your energy, with your intention. And, um, and, and so I know that we're not exactly talking about that right now, but what I want to share with you is that, that Perry Chase taught me that there's four, four components to creating what it is that you want in life, to, to manifesting what you want in life. Mostly people are just like, I manifest it, then I have it, then I'm done. All right. That's how I thought about it before she laid this out. But really, she says that there are four parts to it. The first part is the creation. You create the thing that you want. 
then you receive it, right? You call it in and you, you hold it. And then, or excuse me, then you, you, you create it, you receive it. And then once you've received the thing that you asked for, then you participate with it. And it's the way in which you participate with the thing that determines whether or not you get to hold it or and, and or determines what it feels like for you to hold it. All right. And that makes a lot of sense to me. And I, I share that with you because I just really want to draw attention to the participation piece. And, and this, this uh, rock bottom cycle, it's, it's all about the way that you participate in the way that your life is going. So you can either participate and, and be drawn into the negativity or be drawn downward or be drawn into the pit, right? And you can allow for that to happen or you can participate with what you're experiencing in life in a way that, that, that interrupts this story and creates a new one. All right, so that's really your opportunity when you feel a rock bottom or a collapse coming or you see that the writing's on the wall, that that's your flag, your impetus to begin to participate in the patterns and the cycles of your life in a different way. And that's super duper powerful. So what else do I have for you? A couple more tidbits. Um, One way, uh, 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 something else that might be helpful to get yourself to, to a place where you might be able to bypass the cycle of hitting rock bottoms so that you can move forward is to pay, play it forward in your mind. I, I talk about this a lot with my alcohol-free clients um, is like when you pick up that first drink, play it forward. Like where is it going to lead you? And for most drinkers, it's like you have one glass of wine and then, you know, call in sick for the rest of the week or whatever, you know, fill in the blank. So for you, like, if you keep going on the path that you're on right now, can you get into your body and, and feel where that's going to lead you? Can you feel that in your system of, of where it will bring you, what that will be like, right? And, and can you feel that? And can that connection with where this path will lead be enough? Can you channel that? Can you tap into that enough in this moment to create the inspiration required for you to move differently? All right. So playing the path forward is huge. One other technique could be like, how do I move forward here? Just like 1%, right? How could I get 1% closer to where I want to be? How could I move 1% away from the pit and 1% towards the mountaintop. This doesn't have to be all or nothing. Oh, and that's something that I wanted to, to talk to you about is this all or nothing thinking. Like these cycles, they live in the brain, right? They live in the brain where I'm either on or I'm off. I'm up or I'm down. I'm successful or I'm a failure, right? Our brains are so good at these binary categories, right? And it's, it's just a brain thing. It's not right or wrong. It's just the way that our brains categorize information, but it's not helpful because it doesn't show you all the millions and trillions of possibilities that exist in between the black and white and all of the cover colors of the rainbow, right? We don't do nuance, We are not well-versed in nuance. I mean, I think that's a lot of the problem for a lot of these political conversations that we can't have as a nation is because we don't do nuance. We either do yes or no, left or right, up or down, on or off. There's no in between. 
All right. And so it makes sense to me that people are like waiting for this complete collapse in order to grow. Right. And so, but that's something that you need to know about your brain is that it's going to try to simplify things and conserve energy by just being an either or, but really all of this is a both. And so, you know, how can you see like those categories and give yourself more options? All right. And it's playing in those options of the nuance. It's going to lead you out of this all or nothing uh, rock bottom pattern. All right. What else? Here's here's something else I really want to say to you is that you don't have to wait to change your life in hindsight. Okay. Hindsight can be super powerful, but you don't have to wait for shit to fall apart for you to learn the lesson to get you where you want to go. All right, you can pause, stop, and learn it right here, right now, and take it forward, okay? So this is actually a really powerful tool to see the rock bottom cycle and to know that you don't have to go into it. And that means that you can change your story, your own personal narrative of your life in real time without waiting for things to, to go to shit before you fix them so to speak, quote unquote, I don't love the word fix. Um, and this is like, if you're, if you're a person who's also healing generationally, if you're healing your family line, this is one way that you can participate in your own process of epigenetics in real time. Epigenetics is the science of how we change the expressions of our genes while we're still alive. All right. Most of us is like, well, it's my genes are in me and I'm just passing them on and good luck kids or whatever. But really, with intention and concentration and consistency, you can change the way your genes express before you die, right? And your whole family line can benefit from that, going backwards and forwards. It's trippy and amazing and beautiful. So this is super duper powerful to, to you know, rather than wait for everything to fall apart, you can just start now. And what would that mean for you and your narrative? What would that mean for your parents? What would that mean for your kids? What would that mean for everyone around you? This is really powerful. Okay. So in terms of coaching, this is where I'd like to make you an offer. You know, um, someone, one of my clients recently called me her journeyman uh, leader. She called me her journeyman leader. And she said, it's like, we're just on this path together and I can see the back of your head. And for whatever reason, the back of your head is enough to pull me forward. And I thought that that was so beautiful and such a great explanation and description of the work that I do with my clients. And so if you are on the fence about coaching and you're saying, well, I, it could be worse or it's not bad enough, I'm here to tell you that, that that's not what coaching is. Coaching is not about having a bad life and creating a good one or waiting for everything to go off the rails so that then you can recruit someone to help you fix it. That's what it can be. But coaching as I see it is really like you choosing to say, I love myself and my life so much. And I value this one experience of being alive. And I can see that if I keep doing things the way that I've always done, it's not going to lead me where I want to go. And I care about myself and the power of my life so much that I'm going to bring someone in alongside of me right now, not later, but right now, so that I can take where I am right now and not hit rock bottom and not collapse and not have debt or fines or jail time or a breathalyzer or a DUI or losing my kids or losing my job or whatever it is, fill in the blank for you, compel me to then 
you know, pay for all of that and then want to pay for coaching too, right? Do you see how it all just stacks and gets so much harder that really I invite you right now to just say, listen, I raise my hand because I love myself and I love life and I want to make the best of it and I want you to help me do it. And I want you to support me to see the things about myself that I can't see and to bear witness to my cycles and my patterns and my stories. And I want you and I invite you, Casey, to shine your light on my path so we can see what your light illuminates. Because I love myself and I want my life to be great. And I see that I don't have to burn it all down in order to make it beautiful. All right. So when you're ready for that, when you're ready to not delay any longer, then you reach out to me and you schedule a, a, a free consult and we will get you started. All right. And if you're not quite ready for that, I totally understand. I invite you into my Patreon community. It's $5 a month, right? And come into my fold, come into my field, come into my energy and just be in my teachings, be in my learnings. And my whole objective for this Patreon community is to give you tools for this journey of life that you will actually use. All right, and I hope that this is one of them, the knowingness that you do not have to hit rock bottom in order to create what you want. And I, I encourage you not to delay and to tap in to what you want most and to do whatever it is that you need to do, whether that's coaching or therapy or a different type of injection, a, a, a new element, a new alchemy into your life and to do it sooner rather than later because why would you delay your brilliance one more second? All right. I love you so much. Thank you for bearing witness to my story today. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, I hope, I wish, I pray that this has touched you and moved you and that it will be useful for you in your life. Um, may you be well. May you be blessed. Namaste.